Welcome to the Legal Operators Webinar Series. In this podcast series, thought leaders and experts share their knowledge and insights on legal operations. We're going to chat about who we are, why we think we're in a pretty unique position to facilitate this discussion, what you're working with, um, so the data you're actually working with, the importance of gathering your insights, why dashboards are useful, and sort of suggestions of how, our, how our, some of our clients are developing a more longer term legal operations strategy. Um, I'll try and keep this general, but because we are low view, um, I'm going to give you some real life examples from our clients and uh, I'll share the screenshots, some screenshots from the actual low view platform as well. Um, the question was just asked, are we going to be sharing the slides after this? Um, there'll definitely be a recording available and uh, we may be sharing the slides. I will keep you posted on that. Um, cool. So just to sort of give you a bit of an overview, LawView is what we call a legal operations platform. So a central console for in-house legal departments um, underpinned by matter management, contract management, and spend management and analytics for in-house legal teams. We have offices and staff based across the world supporting a global client base. Thank you. Um, so we're privileged to work with some incredible legal departments. Um, and despite the huge differences in every legal department, there are so many similarities too. Um, so two that I'm sure you'll agree with is that in-house legal teams are super busy and getting busier by the day and increasingly expected to provide advice across a really diverse range of topics and areas of law. Um, and being perceived as that trusted business par partner, we see it's leading legal departments to develop strategies, often for the first time. Uh, but with almost every client I speak to, every new client, the first question is, where do I begin? If I can move this on. Uh, so we always start with asking why. So as I said, we know legal teams busier than ever. The average office worker receives about 121 emails daily. And imagine what that does if you add in your Slack or your Teams messages as well. So we're, we're sifting through an awful lot of, of information. The ACC Chief Legal Officer survey that was published two days ago uh, says that nearly a third of legal departments are so busy they're actually planning on adding lawyers to their teams in 2021. And a record 61% of legal departments now have at least one legal operations professional on staff. So with all that in-house legal teams are now doing, the last thing you generally want to do is down tools and say, I'm parking my BAU to develop a strategy. So partly for that reason, and partly because we're a competitive bunch in the legal profession, it becomes really tempting to hear a story from a colleague and decide I'm going to go out and buy some sort of tech solution because it says it's going to wipe out 20% of external legal spend or it's going to increase speed by 10x or, or whatever. And that's my strategy. Uh, but, but we find working with clients like yourselves who've come to us and said said that is that if you can actually look at the full landscape of the issues you're working on you'll probably find that there's actually a number of processes that you'll be able to improve if you can just first identify and analyze what you're working on and the frequency and significance and, and so forth of their impact 
Now, this is your strategy at the end of the day. So once you have the analysis um, done, you'll be able to look at it and say, you know, is this core or non-core to our legal team? Does this correspond to our greater business's strategy? So there might be areas that you do decide to bump down the road, but at least you're basing that decision on real insights. So remember, a, a legal team strategy can be super, super simple. Um, it should lead to key organizational objectives. So your things like reducing risk, increasing revenue, reducing risk exposure, all that sort of stuff, for example. Um, and we meet lots of great teams with great strategies, but this isn't about telling you what your strategy should be. Um, Colin already has some excellent webinars on the topic of, of what strategies could be, um, but we really want to share our observations about the best sort of practice that we see helping our clients analyze their data, which is going to help you prioritize your initiatives. Um, excellent. And I see a good few questions coming in, um, which I might come back to in a while, otherwise I'll be all over this, all over the shop. Um, so as I mentioned, we, we, we meet general counsel and legal ops managers every day who have a drive to do things better, but they don't necessarily know what the first steps are. So at the start of every meeting, uh, we ask, you know, what are they looking for? And they'll generally say they've decided on some piece of tech or some um, something like a contract management tool, or they want AI to automate everything. Uh, but then we have a chat about, you know, how they're currently working, what their pain points are. And we we generally get pretty much the same sort of list of things, like everyone's really busy. They, they know their team is doing important work. They just don't know exactly what it is and who it's for. And almost everyone I meet who doesn't have a technology solution admits that their data is disaggregated. So they have key dates on contracts and urgent deadlines which are being missed. And finding something generally involves, you know, control and effing through your, excuse the, the pun, uh, through your emails, Excels, Word documents, um, old email inboxes of colleagues who've left, but their emails being kept open as a shrine to them. And, uh, and now we're being asked to do more with less. Uh, so when we break that down, they want to see clearly and simply what everyone is doing, reduce costs and reduce risk. But the decision to start off with a specific point solution is largely derived from, derived from marketing. Uh, so what we've learned is that if you peel it back to why they want something instead of what they want, the answer it, it wasn't really made on, on data, it was made on a feeling. Um, bring old Peter Drucker into it. Uh, so <laughs> it's an age-old adage that what gets measured gets managed. So when looking at improving legal operations, we start with streamlining your legal matter management. So taking all of your matters, um, all of your issues really, uh, getting them into a structured system so you can actually see the cards that you're playing with. And uh, we, we talk a lot about structured data, like not being super techie or anything, there's no real science to it, actually there probably is, um, structured data in a nutshell is that information that's recorded in a system with a certain format with a relationship between the rows and columns, which basically means data that's straightforward to analyze. So some sort of a system that's going to enable you to, to run reports. So a system like Excel or something is structured, but your, your outlook, for example, is not. 
Um, so good decisions are underpinned by good data, but getting that data is is difficult. So implementing a, a streamlined sort of a solution to structure your matter information is going to enable you to capture all of those metrics that you need and get those insights. So industry agnostic examples uh, that we see from our clients include things like um, what work the, the team does, for whom and how long it takes to complete, uh, what trends or issues exist that could influence future outcomes, the strategic alignment of that advice to the business, risk ratings. Um, it can be as simple or as comprehensive as you want. Uh, a, a good example of ours is a, a client we work with, the legal department of one of the big accounting firms. They've configured their system to capture about 20 data points on every single matter or issue that is sent to them from the business or, or that just you know comes to them. Um, and all the fields are mandatory in their team. So there's no escaping actually capturing all this information on everything they're working in. Um, and it was because in this scenario, they decided they were, they were so proud of the incredible work they do. They know they're busy and they're, they're doing good work in that time. And they were so tired of not being able to just export a spreadsheet with all of that data. So they said, we're now going to capture everything that's relevant and show the business how much of an asset we are. So legal reporting to show how good you are is going to be a really good sort of a, a starting point. And there is so much good data in legal departments, but traditionally the operating system, as you probably know, is Outlook and Word, which is unstructured. So there's no valuable insights to be got from that. Uh, but when you take the time to streamline something in a spreadsheet or a matter management system, you're going to see what your team is doing, where that work is coming from and how it plays out. So that way your own insights will guide your legal operation strategy. Come on, Paige. Um, so on your, your system of record, it doesn't have to be bespoke technology um, to help you get to this point. We built LawViews Matter Management as our core module because we believe capturing those insights that's going to power your legal operations journey is is crucial and of course it's going to streamline the way your legal department is operating so better efficiency increased collaboration better management of matters and hopefully improved outcomes and things um, but importantly a single platform is also going to bring consistency to how legal tracking impacts complexity processes documents and uh, the people who are working on the matters internally and externally when it comes to, to legal teams, external legal teams. Plus, it's going to give you full visibility of the, the matter lifecycle and all the associated spend, which is going to keep your CFO happy. Um, but as I said, it doesn't just have to be law view or even dedicated legal tech. Uh, we use that as an example because that's what our clients here are using. Uh, but I'm a fan of people using the technology they already have be that a bespoke system, legal tech, or something else. Um, and we, we often have this debate um, with, with people. Um, I don't think I'm doing a particularly hard sell when I say manual systems can often be flawed and they are genuinely perceived as an administrative burden. And it does depend on what that system is. Um, systems like Microsoft's suite of tools like SharePoint and Trello and Slackbots are, definitely have a place and they can be built to be really efficient 
and they're always better than nothing. Well, not always, often better than nothing. Uh, but there's a reason there is industry specific technologies. Um, so there's a reason our sales team uses Salesforce and our finance team uses Xero. Um, so industry suggests that all roads eventually lead to law view. <laughs> Sorry, that's a joke. Um, they eventually lead to function specific technology. Uh, it just depends on how you how long you want to get there, really. Um, okay, so I'm going to show you some simple examples of how a legal matter management platform is going to enable you to collect relevant information from creation of requests through to completion and thereby sort of structuring your team's data, giving us those insights um, into matters which everyone is working on, which is going to enable your transparency and your, your data-driven decisions. Um, just move on my page here. Um, so for example, um, and this is actually looking at it on the screen here, maybe a tad cut off, uh, but I've got a, a picture here of a really sort of a, a simple intake queue so an intake system with the different sort of fields of information that we're tracking. So with, with intake, for example, when something comes in new, you might want to be capturing who sent that request in, what the dates are, matter names and naming conventions, if that's something that you do, um, status updates, um, who the person with responsibility for it and the legal team is. Um, general counsel, on the other hand, might want to track different sort of stuff. So things like um, the different types of matters in the team, the sort of strategic alignment of them to the advice the business is providing, risk ratings, potential liability. So you can see here we also have things like we're tracking the status update of all the different sort of matters that we're looking at um, and the data was created and also viewing any sort of critical dates um, and who it's waiting on. So that might be someone in legal um, or it might be someone in the rest of the business. Um, we can also do things like looking at high risk litigation views. And again, it's really important um, when you are looking at these different sort of areas to, to think what your end game is. So you're only tracking metrics um, because like for a reason. So it is certainly possible to, to get into overkill territory as well. Um, but by tracking these sort of key points, you're gonna start identifying like the bottlenecks in your current workflow. And you're going to spot like processes that are currently happening that are eroding your efficiency. Um, so you can see how a good sort of a, a matter management or a practice management system or a, a legal ops environment is going to create insights. And with an end-to-end -end platform, you can ensure that the right work is going to the right lawyer and they have accurate, up-to-date information all the time. So we utilize dashboards a lot. That was a very um, simple sort of a matter grid of capturing attributes, but um, dashboards play a really crucial role in how people operate in a system. Um, so I was trying to sum up, you know, the power of presenting data and dashboards and work out what those sort of buzzwords are for why it's so important to be visual with legal departments. Um, and I find it hard to beat a white paper that's been produced by the PwC uh, new law team in Australia. Um, they've produced a, a metrics paper, basically tracking, explaining the different kinds of metrics that legal departments 
can track and also um, sort of some advice about how to track them. Uh, but they say the typical lawyer displays mastery in the use of words. But when it comes to numbers, lawyers often feel out of their comfort zone. And as a general rule, legal departments have been historically poor at quantifying performance. And uh, that is true. Everyday legal departments make really important decisions but many of them are based on judgment and experience, intuition, or qualitative information. But they say applying metrics to analyze options reduces the uncertainty about uh, decisions ordinarily made through gut feel. And so we contend that all of these decisions are better made with uh, quantitative information. So using that, we find that dashboards are a particularly useful tool because people are so well-trained to to monitor them and it becomes sort of second nature. And you'll recognize when colors start to, you know, turn a color they shouldn't. Just like when driving a car, for example, like when you see the gas go low, you know, it's time to fill up. Um, so in this example, I'll just move it along. Uh, for example, you can see how a general counsel might want to have a quick overview of what their team is working on. Um, so you can see what we mean by colors and knowing what you're tracking. There's a lot of cool things you can do with dashboards as well. Like one particular report on a dashboard might actually, um, one reporting view might actually result in two or three reports. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff you can do from there. Um, also, you might um, hear some examples of sort of team performance dashboards that we've created. And again, Every dashboard is going to be unique to the different kind of a user um, and the different information that they're trying to find. But this is um, an example of someone who's managing a team, what they might be um, interested in capturing. So metrics um, about you know, performance and who's doing what. Um, also external counsel um, dashboards are something that um, a lot of our clients find particularly useful. And then just understanding spend management, things like that. Um, again, this can make for a whole other webinar, but you, if you are interested in learning more about the different sort of metrics legal, legal uh, departments could be tracking, I recommend you check out that uh, PwC um, metrics paper um, when you have your strategy and how it can sort of form um, a dashboard. Um, so switching the light on and sort of shining it on that black box of legal, uh, it's going to allow you to become less of a cost center and more of a value add and with minimal effort. Um, our, and someone's actually asking me to send some links to that. So I'll um, actually see if I can do that um, after this webinar. So our, thank you, okay. Um, our data analytics team get very excited about um, dashboards and sort of um, showing you how to really peel back the onion because patterns do tend to emerge of what the, the data is actually telling you. Um, so for example, you'll start to see what matters you're working on. It might surprise you to see, see your team is actually working on, you know, the same kind of something like the same kind of a consumer dispute or queries that are actually fundamentally quite similar over and over again. And that can sort of start to lead to something that might be a legal operation strategy. So we'll give a few examples of that just in a minute. Um, but we often say legal, implementing a, a legal ops platform is a bit like eating an elephant. It seems big, uh, but if you take it bite by bite, you eventually get there. And uh, one really sort of simple step that's gonna help increase efficiency and add to that data you're capturing is setting up a legal front door. 
um, or intake. So this is one example of something that um, people can do to, to get started um, with a sort of a small step. So legal intake processes, that can be set up with a really simple form. Um, we've actually found that found that this part of the legal department practice is so fundamental here in Lawview. We've actually made a part of our core platform. Um, and obviously, if you're adding it onto your existing matter management technology, you save yourself the burden of having to design, build and support a system. And you'll capture that sort of data and those metrics in your matter management system. But absolutely, this could also be done with a SharePoint or a, a Google form. Um, or something like that as well. Um, legal intake is going to reduce the amount of admin, really importantly, that your legal team are doing, um, as well as capturing the, the data, which is what we're all about here today. And this isn't just for large legal teams. One of our very good clients used to use um, our matter management in a, a big legal department where he worked, but then he moved to a tech company in Mountain View as the sort of first, you know, legal counsel. Um, and he was so legal counsel. But, you know, he told me he was really excited about the business and the incredible stuff he's going to be able to do for them. Uh, but when he started, he couldn't get over how much different information and requests were being thrown at him from different angles, which is probably something that, you know, is quite familiar to all of you. Um, so there's phone calls, emails, some are urgent, some aren't, but they sound urgent when they come from a salesperson or something. Um, and nothing that came across his desk ever had all the information that he needed to just do his work. Everything needed sort of a few rounds of back and forth and a few chats and, you know, you might forget to ask one thing. Uh, so he set up a, an intake system to make sure he's capturing not a huge amount of information, but just the stuff that's going to save him the admin. So you can see the example on the screen here of just an example intake system. So it should be capturing like at a bare minimum who needs what done, the name of the other party, their contact details, if that's you know relevant, um, and any sort of key information, like if there's a deadline and anything else that's sort of crucial to know. Um, you're also going to be able to see, for example, like 80% of the requests you get are from the, the sales team to negotiate new contracts or 50% of the requests you get are from the customer success team raising um, you know, the same sort of complaints from customers who traditionally we might send um, to a panel of law firms or something. Um, but if you start to see that you have high frequency, low value work, your strategy might be to you know, set up a system to empower those kinds of requests to be resolved by your business users themselves or by, you know, that sort of self-serve capabilities by providing the business guidance in a knowledge management system, so in a playbook or something. Um, really common examples of that um, with us that our customer success team help uh, clients implement are basic, th basic things like automating NDAs, um, providing relevant automated advice or guides in response to different types of requests. Maybe you want to set it up so that um, MSAs or sales agreements for a certain amount um, are able to be created by, you know, people without having to come to legal or just need legal to approve it as a last sort of a, an approval process. Let's move it on. So figures that every legal department's data is going to show different things. 
which is precisely why we suggest buying a sort of a, a flashy solution or something that has the letters A and I on it isn't necessarily the best solution. Um, but again, something as simple as streamlining your matter management is going to enable you to analyze your business practices including your relationship with external counsel and all that sort of good stuff. Um, and we have clients who have used um, LawView's matter management system very successfully to identify what types of work they're sending out as well. And importantly, the outcomes and the costs of sending them out. So that's going to help them decide if outsourcing to a traditional law firm is the best decision, or for example, should they hire a person specifically trained for that area? So like a contract manager or an employment lawyer or an IP specialist, um, or whether they should be looking at improving how they manage certain types of matters internally. For example, by automating processes or defining better workflows, or perhaps instead of going to a law firm on our panel that, that we've had for, for ages, maybe we should engage a law firm in a more regional area. So I know there's lots of really competent law firms who don't necessarily live in New York or LA who might offer a more competitive rate because they have lower, lower cost centers themselves. Um, or maybe we should be going out to our external law firm partners and inquiring about their ability to offer alternative fee arrangements. So for example, once we've structured all this sort of, you know, stuff we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, our clients are able to, to look at the matters they've had over a period of time, and they can say, cool, we can now see that there are certain types of matters that always get outsourced to A, B, and C law firms, and it always has an outcome of, you know, X dollars on average to settle or whatever it may be, and the legal fees cost us on average $50,000 or whatever it may be. Uh, so how about we look at an alternative fee arrangement, like fixing costs for all of those types of matters. So once you have this data, you can explain the logic to the law firms. So it's not just you going out there asking for a price cut for no reason, because we do find that that's a, an artificial sort of a, a way to, to save costs. And, you know, it will get added back in over time, just in another form. Um, so you can say, from now on, we want to pay a fixed cost of, say, $40,000 for these types of matters. Uh, but you can win too, Mr. Law Firm or Ms. Law Firm, uh, because we might actually send more of these requests to you now and not manage any of them internally. Or we'll only be sending them to law firm A and B, um, so there'll actually be less work going to your competitors, and you'll have that sort of consistency of work from us. Or you might look back at the past year's matters that were sent to external counsel and say, we might look at discussing an all-you-can-eat legal services subscription with a law firm. Um, there's, there's lots of sort of right sourcing decisions you will be able to make when you're actually armed with your insights. And there's a great article by Mick Sheehy in the legal business world, which says, you know, if there's just one thing above all else to focus on in setting a legal department strategy, it's ensuring that the right type of work is being executed by the right internal and external resources. And it goes on to give a framework to segment, um, how to segment work. Um, alternative legal questions, sorry, I'm half looking at the questions here. I'll come back to them in a while, sorry. Um, 
Alternative legal service providers are the top competitors pulling work from law firms at the moment. We know this, we hear about it, we read it in our email inbox every day when we get our um, emails in the morning. Um, according to the American Bar Association, they've got 50% growth annually, so they definitely are not going away anytime soon, um, which is really good. The likes of Axiom have earned their place in the legal, legal ecosystem. They've created a new model that's more collaborative, more multidisciplinary, and built around really effective technology platforms um, and delivering, delivering uh, value-based pricing. So in a nutshell, what I'm trying to get at there, streamlining your legal matter management is going to enable you to do things like setting up a preferred panel to enhance sort of strategic relationships with the right kind of law firms, introduce alternative fee arrangements, and establish a more efficient resourcing model. Cool. Um, it's also going to enable you to make other sorts of decisions. Um, so for example, we meet people who tell us they need an e-billing system because they can't see, um, they can see that they're hemorrhaging money on external law firms and it's out of control, but they can't see exactly where it's going. Um, e-billing is often seen as a magic bullet in legal departments, uh, but when we, when used in isolation, we sort of suggest it's a bit of a blunt instrument. So the typical e-billing frameworks are aren't a whole lot more than a comparison of inputs and they often pit, I guess, legal teams against external counsel, uh, which really isn't what you're trying to, to do. So at LoveU, we try to champion a more holistic approach to managing spend, which begins a conception of the matter um, and is largely based on sort of collaboration and scope management. So we believe that e-billing capabilities should be used as part of a more sophisticated spend management framework. And that's an area, again, that we could dedicate a full webinar to. Uh, so if someone would like to have a chat about that in more details, our, um, our chief strategy officer, Tim Boyne, has written a spend management flywheel explaining the, the framework, which I'd be happy to discuss offline. Um, but if your matter data suggests that you've got a lot of engagement with external law firms, um, vendor management technology is definitely a really powerful strategy for your legal team and one of those things that um, we encourage people to sort of look at. Um, similarly, something that um, is often seen as a necessary evil by legal departments, um, but is so, so crucial, is implementing a contract lifecycle management system. Um, so. The data is there. The ACC Chief Legal Officer report again just said 67% of Chief Legal Officers have just said they're going to invest in contract lifecycle management over the next two years. Uh, but when when we ask people what they want in a contract management tool, they don't necessarily know. Um, very often, people say just AI, um, and I, I like the ambition, uh, but going from a place where you don't have an organized system and you can't even track key dates to you know a, mach a machine learning ecosystem is a bit like going from a, a horse and cars to a self-driving tesla so again structure your requests for contracts get the insights that's emerging about what you have who it's for where it's from what are the critical dates um that that you have and and that's really going to direct whether you should build a strategy around investing in a contract lifecycle um, management tool. And 
and what you need in a system. Um, and there's other things you might want to do from there. You can do things like creating self-serve environments for your business teams um, or, you know, building the most beautiful automated system. So it's, a, it's an excellent strategy if it's core to what your business um, is doing and you decide that you're deciding it based on the facts, I guess, not just um, a tech company's marketing. Um, so our key takeaways. So in this session, we've discussed why we think it's important to gather your data and to deploy your own insights to help I guess, guide your legal team strategy. We've looked at how data can be presented, why the insight, why, why insights and how we present them, why that matters. And also we've discussed some of the more popular legal ops strategies that we see clients developing. So there's a lot to take in, um, but as Simon Sinek said a few days ago, if you dream big, plan small, but most importantly, start, uh, you're going the right direction. Um, so there's a, a few questions here that I can sort of um, chat about. So particularly things like the holistic approach to spend management. Um, da -da -da -da, um, yeah, so we just have some sort of questions about e-billing systems and things. Um, so the first no, no, question. Hi, Colin. Hey, the first question comes in from Bill McCormick. Sure. Uh, yeah. What are the big issues you've seen your customers face? Sorry, what are the big issues, is it? What are the biggest hurdles you've seen your customers face? I suppose um, a lot of the stuff that we see is just there's so much so many competing priorities when it comes to you know strategies and legal legal departments they don't know where to start so you know is it increasing turnaround time for contracts is it cutting down on, on external legal spend all that sort of stuff everything seems to be crucial uh, so one of the big hurdles is actually working out what's the most crucial and I guess that's where we come at it from a sort of streamlining your matter point of view so letting those insights sort of guide you um, but definitely there's there's so much hype and so much marketing nowadays it's hard to be able to see the the really important strategic stuff um, I guess that would be a lot of it so, um yeah so so when when you when, when you showed the the law firm and uh, with the system with, with the system reaching out to law firms looking at yeah. different companies panels of attorneys is there is there any like when you're selecting attorney i imagine there's an rfp process there's a process yep. of elimination based on weighted scores is there any kind of uh, predictive analytics based on lawyers performance built into the system to to, to isolate and you know who you're dealing with. Yep. Um, so it really depends on what people want to do. What what we're talking about a lot of the time with with LawView is really structuring your data. So absolutely, we're we're capturing things like, you know, God satisfaction ratings. So how did it go? What was the outcome? What were the types of matters? Uh, what was the duration? What was the cost? What was the outcome? Um, so yeah, you're going to be able to create those sort of insights yourself just by tracking this as it goes along. Um, and I guess that is sort of the, the holy grail where people want to get to, but it does take time uh, to build that up. I mean, so as you can imagine, it, it takes 
months or a year before you've actually you're going to have some really good insights into how things have been going um but that's the thing and i guess that was sort of our our last big point just like get started just do something don't get underwhelmed um because i'd much rather be in that position where you've you've got your data and you're looking back on how things are going then somebody comes to you and says you need to make a decision about changes like today and you're basing all those decisions on gut feel um but yeah absolutely you're going to be able to sort of as long as you you've thought for it thought about it and scoped it out and started tracking this information you're going to be able to create the insights that you need to sort of tell you um what sort of success and what sort of history you've had with different law firms in different areas of practice um and that's something that that we're getting asked for a lot more nowadays which really wasn't even really even a conversation only about a year ago um so we've we've come a long way awesome um so santiago martinez says are you available yeah. in latin america <laughs> um we don't have an office in latin america but uh there is absolutely no um, geographical uh, restrictions to to a system like Loveview or or really any other sort of SaaS platform, really. Um, but yeah, absolutely, totally available in, in Latin America. And then so. Michael Glacken, what was the article referenced? I think from Mick Sheehy from PwC. Was there was there a name for that? Um. Gosh, what was it called? I'll have to find that for you. But I I will actually get the name of that and send it to you. Perfect, and we can follow up with that, Michael. Thanks for the question. Getting yeah. right, getting right work in right hands, considering factors such as complexity and risks, is a key to delivering value. Perfect. Next yeah. question, Bill McCormick. I certainly agree with the holistic approach to spin management, but is there valuable data that billing that that, that is most easily captured with e-billing systems? Um, I, I don't think there's a suggestion to let that data yeah. fall to the floor. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. No, we're, we're capturing all the data uh, that's relevant. Um, yeah, it is. And I guess we're just coming at it from a different angle. Um, I'd often see legal departments that just have an e-billing system, but then they're missing a lot of the other sort of data that we'd call sort of matter information. Uh, so we sort of come at it from the organizing your matter information. And this actually sort of leads into um, another question that I see down there from Michael Glacken, who said, isn't e-billing the easiest way to flag services, char services charged that are inconsistent with the retention agreement and billing guidelines? Um, absolutely. But when we talk about e-billing, um, what we're trying to say, well, um, spend management. What we're trying to say is there's a lot more to it than e-billing. So we like to, you know, track things like like scope, like what's agreed between the different um, between the internal between the legal department and the external law firm, um, and all that sort of stuff. So also things like um, the different stages, sort of project management, I guess, in a way, depending on the different on the sizes of the different kinds of matters. So there's a lot of um, there's a lot more data than just those services that are inconsistent um, because that's quite, I guess that's basic enough data. Um, there's a lot more that I think that we can start to do and start to track um, in systems. Thanks. Yep. Agreed with that. <laughs> <laughs> if, is, there, is there any other questions coming in? I think somebody's typing right now. Um, Question, question I have for you, you know, for folks that are kind of building yeah. out, like a lot of challenges that I'm seeing recently yeah. in talking to folks in legal operations, they don't know what to measure, 
right? They're, they're yeah. looking for best practices, right? They're 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 trying to impress their GCs uh, on what to find, you know, what data is valuable. Is there a kind of a best practice sheets or templates that people could follow with your platform? Um, we do actually, surprisingly, we do have some information on the on the Law of You website. Um, we work with some really great legal ops consultants and things who do also work with um, with clients. And we also have a strategic partnership with PwC, which is probably why I'm so familiar with their metrics paper. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we also then it comes down to, I guess, working with the business and knowing what the business's strategy is. That's going to sort of um, drive your strategy as well in the legal department but if you can just start that place where you're sort of streamlining your legal matter management you can identify your biggest sort of uh, problems you're going to be able to sort of uh, the, the patterns the data is going to start showing you what what a good logical next step would be i'd say well at least that's how we tend to find it and i mean it's it's really a lot of the time we'll start working with the system i mean a very obvious, I guess, a very common, I should say, popular way of starting a legal ops system uh, for our, for a lot of people I deal with um, is implementing a matter management sort of system. So getting all that data in a row, doing that legal intake, and I guess that's sort of the way this, um, this webinar has run. So, you know, setting people up to the rest of the business to sort of self-serve a lot more. Um, then maybe after a few months or so, you know, adding on contract management because that's quite, it's distinct, but it's, it can be quite connected to matter management. Uh, so that can be a good strategy. And then over time, also, once you've got the sort of matters being tracked, setting it up so that you can start doing things like sending out your RFPs or whatever your request for work to external law firms, uploading your invoices, super importantly, collaborating with the law firm. Because uh, I, I keep coming back to that collaboration with the external firms as opposed to just um, uploading invoices and re reviewing the line items, but also that the e-billing piece of it. Um, and then, yeah, tracking those insights to see what other sort of um, spend management sort of ideas there are that can be um, brought in. So things like alternative fee arrangements and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So And there's just a whole lot more. Yeah. So, so just to jump on, on that and just follow up, it's like yeah. just the big conversation I, I'm hearing out right now is, you know, single point solutions, disparate systems, like how, how you know, when I, when I look at your solution, it seems to do a lot with matter management across the board, like there's contracts, mm. management, data analytics, dashboards, intakes. How do you say to somebody in a legal operations function in a role that says, well, well I do have a matter management system that, that that's a, a, a legal tracker or something like that. And then I have a contract yeah. management solution. Where, do, where does law fit in the picture and how does, yeah. does it work with these solutions or their API integrations? Yeah. yeah. Um, yep, there is an API and we do integrate with um, a lot of systems. Um, but also, yeah, what, what's, what's very difficult for the legal ops industry, I think, is that matter management is not the same to any two suppliers to any two technology companies so what's in matter management to one person so when we say matter management we include everything like intake issue tracking and triaging document management um like knowledge management um reporting um all that sort of stuff uh, but to another organization that could be five or six different different products um so i know it can be really difficult to sort of align and get everything sort of speaking to itself um and that's why it's been 
I guess, why we can see such a, a clear journey with clients sometimes, because we're coming at it from a sort of a platform angle. And that platform is really makes just life easier. It makes it a really sort of a central console for people to work in. Um, so I guess what we do is a little bit different, but whether you're using LawView or any other sort of a, a type of a product, interoperability is huge. You you need something that's going to speak to your emails. You're going to need something that's deeply integrated with email systems, with your document management system, whatever it may be, um, if it's not built in. Um, we we do have an API and we can, we do have a technical implementation team and a software architect who can help you set up bespoke integrations, which we obviously do quite a bit. Um, we've also got integrations with Box and we're about to release an integration with um, Google Drive, which are just sort of standard out of box, there for, excuse the pun, um, there for everyone sort of integrations. Um, but also bespoke integrations can be done as well. So, but yeah, interoperability is, is huge. Um, so awesome. Yeah. Uh, we, it looks like yeah, they, there's a lot of comments. I don't know how you cannot have a matter management system today. Yeah. For example, booking yeah. reliability reserves and the rationale for changes need to be kept. And I cannot imagine outside order not having any information for individual matters. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like that that is so true and once you get to that place like someone had asked about um did did, did my friend who became the the sole GC end up using love you. Um yeah, and not from a, a hard sell point of view, but from someone who goes from having a technology solution to being sole general counsel or, or whatever it may be, going to not having a matter management system, once you realize how important and how efficient things are when you're actually capturing all that data, it's very difficult to go back to the old days of Outlook and Word and you know an Excel spreadsheet. Um, so absolutely, whether it's for a, a team of one or a team of a thousand lawyers, um, yeah, not having a matter management system is, um, it's, it, I would say it's pretty fundamental, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people haven't got there yet. Um, so I hope we're helping to sort of change people's mindsets and just educate the market a bit. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for the comments, Stephen. It looks like uh, he differentiates it and calls it work yeah. management at LexisNexis. Um, yeah, and really interesting as well, like coming from a law firm background as well, like it's practice management in law firms. Um, so. Um, and then also different geographies have different terminology for things, which doesn't make it easier for, for people to differentiate either. So I work a lot with um, the UK and um, matter management is often referred to as case management, which again, we refer to as something else. Um, case management management would mean something else to us in sort of the US and um, Australia and New Zealand as well. So. So, it sounds like two things need to happen. We need to have another uh, webinar about it. And <laughs> we, we need to standardize it across the board so we all understand it. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, a lot a lot to be done. But it's good that people are just having these conversations. Um, so, yeah. And if anybody does have any questions, you can uh, reach out to us. I mean, on the Love You website. My contact details are up there if anyone wants to get in touch with me directly. Um, but uh, yeah, reach out uh, through the Love You website. Myself or one of my colleagues closer to you will be able to help you out. Perfect, Reid. Thank you. And can you get me, can you get those uh, references to Yeah, I will. Yeah. I'd like to follow up with everybody and give them that yeah. as well afterwards. I will be sharing the, the recording if you guys want to watch it again. 
and it'll be available for seven days and uh look forward to the next session and thank you thank you so much breed for your time and it's already bright outside i know you started when it was dark um, yeah i i didn't explain that at the start i'm actually based in in australia which is very strange with an irish accent i'm all over the shop um but yeah it was lovely lovely meeting you all so awesome have, have a great rest of your day thank you everybody we look forward to to sharing more stuff with you soon thank you all right cheers bye you've listened to the legal operators webinar series and don't forget to check out our other inspiring podcasts on legal operations